what we do here is go back, 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 back. Welcome. Welcome to the Hustle Sold Separately. We are a podcast, a movement dedicated to all of you amazing people. Uh, I always say the creators, the doers, the hustlers, innovators, CEOs, designers of your life, probably often misunderstood, um, probably thought of as crazy. Uh, your anti-status quo people. I love all of you guys. Um, <laughs> I really, really do because uh, you're understood here. I get you. My guests get you. Uh, we don't believe in doing anything the quote-unquote traditional route um, because that hasn't really made any sense to us anyways in the first place. Um, for all of my day one listeners, I really appreciate you guys. It's incredible that we've gotten to over 6 million downloads. For all of my newer listeners, I really appreciate you guys being here. And there's uh, quite a few of you. <laughs> so, um, you know, I really appreciate it. The show, as I always say, and as the rest of the audience already knows, I said we don't glamorize or glorify and success because it is a very arbitrary word. Um, and I just I saw that media was doing that. And who's to say what success looks like? Why? It, why does it have to be any certain metric or title? Um, and it may not even be aligned with you. And I always promote that alignment has to be figured out by you. You know, so as an influence in this world, you know, become your own influence. <laughs> You're going to have to do your own discovery work. You're going to have to look into what success actually means for you. And each of the guests that I have come on the podcast, we talk about what they're experiencing in real time because they're human just like any of us. Their soul is having a human experience. They're figuring things out along the way. It could be their first business, their third business, their 50th business. They're learning just the same and they're sharing a lot of what they're learning on the journey. So I like humanizing the entrepreneurial experience or the creative journey um, because we're all just like you guys. So thank you. And for all of my new listeners, I'm Matt Gottesman. You can reach out to me on Instagram at Matt Gottesman, M-A-T-T-G-O-T-T-E-S-M-A-N. Uh, guys, I answer each and every single text, DM, reply, response, you name it for like the last eight years, whether there or at HDF magazine. So please feel free to reach out. Um, and, uh, I appreciate and love you guys. Thank you for all the ratings and reviews, by the way. And without further ado, I have an amazing, amazing, a guest, uh, on the show today. And, um, we met on Instagram where I meet a lot of incredible people <laughs> and, uh, and I instantly, uh, loved her business that she, she has. Um, and I appreciated her content and, uh, we're going to be talking about, business and spirituality and entrepreneurship and that gap in between. But uh, really, we're gonna be talking a, a lot about, um, you know, how we show up for ourselves, how we show up for the things that we believe in, how we show up for the things that we want to create in this world, how we want to show up for um, business and the people that rely on us, all of these things. And um, 
it's a journey. <laughs> you know, it's all intertwined. And I have Shira Linker on, and she's an amazing woman. Uh, she is the founder of Gensac, and we're going to be talking about that business here in a, a momentarily. Um, but she's a creative entrepreneur, a singer, a songwriter. She's an incredible singer and songwriter, by the way. Uh, so if you check her out on, on life, life.of.shira on Instagram, you'll be able to see some of that. Uh, she's a content creator, a connector. She was born in New York, raised in Bondi Beach, Australia. And from the age of four, she had an incredible passion for expressing herself through music and dance and was fortunate enough to be enrolled in various elite schools and companies throughout her childhood, as well as opportunities to perform at some of Sydney's iconic venues. And all the while, she was also exploring and refining her interest in natural ability in business, combining both her strategic and instinctive talents to build ideas and create environments that support people. You guys already know why I would obviously have her on the show <laughs> just in that alone, right? And, and how we actually, again, show up to build community. Um, and this support of hers was permeating in her retail fashion and leadership roles, specializing in two main areas, a customer experience focus, which resulted in increased revenue and internal team experience cultivating positive, nurturing environments that provide opportunities for growth, all while leading in a supportive structure through simple methods of learning and influence, right? And then in 2015, uh, Cher was at a crossroads with her music and business career, and it was at a time where she consciously chose to forge ahead with her men's grooming concept, GentSack, which we're going to talk about. Um, and she took the time privately to continue to develop herself as an artist and writer, and does anybody, does it sound like anybody you guys know <laughs> if you've been listening to my content for as long as you guys have? Uh, so Gensack was birthed out of the recognition that there was a gap in the market for men's self-care in Australia. By the way, they ship worldwide. Uh, and the inspiration came from noticing there was not a single store for men with a mid to high-end selection of grooming products supporting men with their daily routines, as well as a gap for community supporting men with their confidence and mental health. Amen. Uh, so Gensac was born to provide both. And it's a curation of essential grooming products, a selection of brands with integrity design and men in mind, as well as providing a safe space, a community spirit, and a platform for men to connect, learn, establish habits of excellence, and, and be supported in rising together. Definitely go check out the website. Um, we'll get to that here in a little bit. And uh, to Shira, championing, men's me championing men means championing families, communities, and women. It's all about championing humanity so we can all be the very best version of ourselves. So if you don't even listen to the rest of the episode, I would immediately from that line alone, go check her out, life.of.shira. <laughs> it was incredible <laughs> when I read that, by the way. Thank you for being here. Hi, thank you for having me. Yes. What a plug. Love right? it. Right? Yeah, but I, it's and it's always easy when it's genuine, authentic people trying to really live out their purpose and express who they really are in this world. You know what I mean? So thank That's you. very kind. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Um, I always say the first question is the only question that's the same. How do we get here? <laughs> you know, you can go. I, I Now, I now know your, your story because we've connected before here, but um, you can go as far back as you want. But for context, uh, I you're you're so much more even more you've done even more personal work and professional work than the bio could possibly get into so i would love for the audience to get to know you a little bit more in context wise and you can go as far back as you want and you know how we got to gensac and what's been going on with there and then we'll kind of just expand from there wow okay how do we get here we don't have enough time for that no we don't so this will be part <laughs> I'm gonna one do my, <laughs> yeah we'll do i'll top line i'll top line it um let's see well i mean the bio covered a lot so um, yeah, I was born in New York, family moved to, um, Bondi beach when I was like two. Mm -hmm. 
So raised in Bondi. So I'm like a dual citizen, but very much an Aussie because I've lived here my whole life. Um, my I have a very musical family, very like talented humans in my family. Um, so I was raised, you know, it was normal to be around music all the time. Um, my brother and I were and are extremely close. So I had a lot of influence from him and his music taste. Um, and yeah, I was singing and dancing and writing from a really young age. Um, my parents split when I was four. So I actually went to several different schools. Um, I, you guys have like middle school and all of that kind of stuff, but here it's like primary and high school. I think across the span of 10 years, I went to like eight different schools. I think that taught me to be very adaptable. Um, and it also created some other hard stuff, <laughs> which later on probably served me to overcome. Um, and I was, I guess the main thing, how do we get here was, you know, I've always balanced the creativity side of things with the academic side of things. I was kind of always a little bit torn. I was super competitive in the academic space. But I was also really creative and wanted to sing and perform. And that's something that created a lot of tension for me in my younger years until the day came that I surrendered and I was like, this is who I am, <laughs> you know. I'm not going to be that 15-year-old superstar. Like, I have to come to terms with that. That's not who I am. I'm actually someone going on a completely different journey and business is actually a huge part of my journey and it will bring me back to music when the time is right. So that was a conversation that I had with myself at some point. Um, but, yeah, I... Uh, finished high school and I was, I mean, I think I had three jobs at the age of 14 um, and I finished high school and I was, I went straight into like retail fashion and had a very, I guess, natural ability for, I would say for uh, communicating and talking to people. And I guess my MO is always wanting people to feel great and wanting to create a safe space. And I think that that also comes from maybe not having that in childhood. So when I would go into these retail roles, into these environments where like the teams hadn't had a lot of support or hadn't had a lot of um, training or, you know, there was a lack of team morale and the stores weren't performing my thing was coming in there, bringing in the energy, connecting with customers, and that all happened really naturally for me. So I was fortunate that I was kind of doing incredibly well in that space from a really young age and then juggling, like, music on the side. And I guess fast forward a few years and the bio kind of mentioned that I was at a bit of a crossroads. I think I was around 25 then, Um I had an opportunity to further develop myself as an artist um, and kind of be managed, you know, and go down that path. But I just come up with the concept of Gentsack and just instinctively thought um, I'm not the type of artist that can throw caution to the wind and just go all in on that. It's not who I am. I need to create um a bit of a backbone for myself, you know, I'm super independent. Um, 
in that way and I really believed in the concept and then I started on that journey building Gensack which started with like a rookie landing page and uh, a market stall we had like an iconic market here that I was invited to join and um, it was like a little table with a baby collection of grooming products uh, compared to what we have now and it kind of went gangbusters from the second we were there people were really interested and I got to do that Shearer thing where people come and kind of look at it and I'd be like hey (laughs) and just have a chat to them and I was like having really great conversations with guys who were curious but too afraid to really go there because it wasn't the norm yet um it still isn't really we're still working on normalizing self-care for men in many ways but um yeah we quickly got discovered by a beautiful precinct in the cbd um that that houses some iconic brands and we were invited to do a pop-up there and that pop-up also did incredibly well and then we grew into our first um, flagship store which is now almost four years ago um In the middle of all of that, I had a 10-year relationship, um, which completed (laughs) a little over two years ago, came full circle and completed. And that was the beginning of another personal journey that was going alongside, you know, my my business journey, if you will. Um, And... I guess that that was another little awakening and it really opened up um, a part of myself that was missing for some time in further exploring my music and coming back to, it's like a coming back home, you know, when you go through something really turbulent um, and you get stripped right back, you you ask yourself who you are and, and what's missing and, music was really missing because in the process of building Gensack, um, I wasn't getting to do that as much as my heart needed. And so I started the journey of, you know, spending a lot of time with myself and writing and singing and connecting with people in that space again. And, and I think that's how we got here. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> there's a there's a lot of inc- yeah there's a lot of incredible things in there um and i want to touch up on the spending a lot of time with yourself mm-hmm. but before i do there's something that when you're talking about from the business aspect normalizing self-care for men and mm-hmm. that in a way it's a still um still having to build it's it's not there yet i wanted to get your take as to why you think that wasn't more mainstream than it is. And um, and then also where you see that going, I completely agree with you, um, but I want, ye- I want your words for the rest of the audience, you know? Um, yeah. And because you're in it, so. My take on that is it's very much a cultural thing and it's all about what we learn at home, mm-hmm. you know? What's the learned behaviors? Um, and over time, you know, whether it be generationally or in society, what has become the norm. And I think somehow, somewhere along the lines, um, 
the ritual of say dads teaching their sons how to shave and um you know like really bringing that culture into the home somewhere along the lines that that was neglected and somewhere along the lines the dialogue was that it was totally normal for women to have self-care and show like their daughters what they use on their skin or their makeup but the the men just had to like forge ahead with work and providing and i mean i'm again i'm top lining this but it's like there's a dialogue there that's permeating through society's normal and that hasn't been questioned enough along the way and so um when gentsack was born i mean for me the underlying mission was always to support men with habits of excellence we used the hashtag habits of excellence but even putting that aside it was supporting men to be able to have a safe environment to explore self-care and what that meant for them and what that means about being a man and feeling good about themselves and um having yeah not only habits of excellence but rituals and practices in place that enhance their confidence because when they feel confident they can go out into the world and be their best selves so on the face of it it's like hey we have cool grooming shit like <laughs> really easily accessible and then underneath it it's like hey if you stick around long enough we'll talk to you about whatever will make you kind of open up a little bit to dig a little deeper into who you are and um and feeling good about yourself so uh I'm trying to make that the norm. And uh speaking as a man, <laughs> mm. uh mm-hmm. that's greatly appreciated. Um one coming from the opposite sex to hear that. And two, um yeah, I I think where that really aligns with me is that yes, society has kind of put the I think men got into this pressure of, oh, I'll just go out and perform in this world and and that's that, but Wait, wait a minute, what about having a relationship with yourself? And it wasn't until I realized a healthier, happier, more peaceful me is better for the world that I operate in. Mm. And a healthier, happier, more peaceful me has to know me internally and externally and take care of the vessel that my soul is in and take care of the vessel that houses the the mind and the heart to lead, right? And so... Um, you're right. Those conversations were not ever normalized. Um, and while I came from, you know, great loving parents, um, I don't know if my dad had the, you know, knew how to have those kind of level of conversations per se. Um, and so, uh, and that could also be a generational thing, even though he was a very loving man, mm-hmm. but still generationally, I don't, <laughs> you know, I don't think our, our parents' generations were, or their parents' generations uh, ever spoke that way because, they were they that was viewed as as weaker you know or and all this other stuff which is i so it, the irony of it is is beyond me because i'm like well yeah actually a healthier you does perform better in this world and then to hear from um a woman say you know yeah how do we support um that uh so that way when you're out there you are help you know being better because of um taking these moments for yourself and and, and helping you and guiding you um that's one of the most loving things you could say. So, uh, mm. yeah. So I really appreciate that. Um, mm. 
And then that leads me to my second question. Uh, I was taking some mm-hmm. notes as you were talking and you were saying that um, when your 10 year relationship completed, it was almost like an essence of coming back home, um, like uh, separating of the merging, if you will, and coming back into your, you know, maybe your, your individuality. Uh, and, um, you know, you started asking yourself a lot of the really tough questions and like, who mm-hmm. are you? What's missing? And you started spending a lot of time with yourself. I feel like that's a hard thing for a lot of people. I love it. I, I had to go through it myself, so I get you. But I think a lot of people sitting with themselves is not easy, um, even if they hadn't even thought about it. Um, when asked, have you sat with yourself for much time? I think sometimes people are like, what do you mean? <laughs> so Yeah, totally. I would love for you to kind of talk, talk about that experience for yourself because I feel like that also leads in and bleeds into everything else. Like, yeah, you're, I once heard uh, from a rabbi say, you're a good businessman, but you could be great. And it was integrating what we learn and not just being a solo artist in life, but also, you know, besides um, having good people around us, but, um, but taking what we learn spiritually and inject, like, and leading with it into our business and other areas of our life. So I, I would be curious to get your take on all that's happened to you spiritually from learning and sitting with yourself and how that's even also affected your business and, and just, you know, your life in general. Yeah, well, it's affected everything. So I guess to answer that question, I probably have to backtrack a little bit because, yeah, okay. (laughs) First of all, and I think I told you this, um, in line with the coming back home. So I come from like a Jewish family, but I remember in primary school when we needed to like select or elect our religious studies, Um, There was also the option to meditate. (laughs) And I didn't even tell my parents, but I chose meditation. (laughs) Amazing. So so I never did Jewish studies. And then end of the year, report card came and I was like, she's an amazing meditator. (laughs) They're like, where's the Jewish studies? (laughs) I was like, I wanted to meditate. It's a really cool memory because, you know, 15 years later when I – or maybe not that long, maybe like 10, 12 years later, when I started to practice yoga, that was the first experience of coming home again that I had. And um, and so it's a cool memory because it's like, oh, that was always something I was called to do, you know. So in my journey with my ex, we I started at some point along the lines, started to practice yoga and um and i feel like that's the beginning of answering your question because mm-hmm. yoga for me is a spiritual practice um it's, it is of course a physical practice too but i think people who maybe aren't across yoga or haven't um spent time practicing it might just think it's like stretching and you know that's definitely a part of it but for me it's a spiritual practice um I like to say, and I and these words have come from one of my teachers, that whatever shows up in the mat, whatever shows up on the mat, shows up in your life. Mm. And the moment that you really understand that and discover that, that's when uh, the veil is lifted, essentially. It was for me anyway. Yeah. Right? So. Go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. So, um 
so I guess that was also the beginning of just exploring if I was even in the right relationship or I guess that wasn't the question. It wasn't really, am I in the right relationship? It's who am I showing up as and therefore who have I attracted and are we in alignment? Which probably at the time that I started posing questions, I don't think I would have articulated it that well. But in hindsight, that was really the journey that I was on. And so the question is, at the end of the day, the question is all about alignment. Um, And I feel like you can only get there when you ask some other questions. But through that practice of yoga and through sitting with yourself and, you know, I guess suspending the mind and, and all the thoughts, you can hear yourself you know and and that's why we need stillness and that's why we need a spiritual practice and um then we can also observe ourselves like come into a higher self and observe the subconscious mind the part that our aversions you know the things that we distract ourselves with the self-talk that lets us down no judgment but it's part of who we are and a lot of it is ego work and all of that kind of stuff but I think that that's when that journey began Um, and through through that practice and through exploring that I had a very turbulent time in my partnership and in my marriage Um, and we were trying to figure things out and we didn't have all the tools and that was the learning, you know, when, when our relationship completed, we'd come to a point where it was a very healing journey actually for us. And we were able to say we did the very best with what we knew, you know, and that was a very um, compassionate and healing place to end up. Uh, But it wasn't without, you know, a lot of heartache and, difficulty but you kind of need to go through that and yoga teaches you that too like suffering is part of the path and we learn endurance and um and so I learned I guess at that stage that I was devoted to that path and showing up for it no matter how hard it would be so the spiritual practice guides me when I feel kind of out of whack I'm like oh I need to get still I need to figure out what's out of alignment because if things are feeling kind of hectic or crazy or I can't connect with my intuition then I actually need stillness um and so over time you know it's almost like back then I connected with like a little whisper and over time that voice has gotten louder and I can access that part of myself at any moment now with conscious awareness, um, but it's taken cultivating and it's taken practice. That's why it's called a practice. (laughs) Um, So trying to answer your question fully, but there came a day when I was like, oh, so how does this show up in my business? So it was almost like in stages. Like at one point I was like, oh, relationship. Oh, myself, what am I neglecting? Oh, my music, I've been disconnected. Um, I I recognized that there was like a chunk of time in my relationship that I wasn't writing. And that actually meant I was disconnected from myself because writing and singing is like 
such a core part of who I am. It's the way I express myself. It's the way I feel deeply. Um, not doing that meant I was literally disconnected from myself. Um, and then, yeah, later down the track, I was like, oh, so how did these aversions show up in my business? Like what's missing? How am I showing up for my team? What am I avoiding? Um, what am I not nurturing? Um, what's my self-talk? Where am I limiting myself before I even begin? Um, and so, yeah, that's where the connection piece for me is between spiritual and business and all things. I hope I've answered your question. That is more than answered. Uh, and it's got my mind going a million different directions. <laughs> but I'll, I'll keep it succinct because I want all the focus on you while we're here. But when you were talking about, that's why we call it a practice, it really resonated mm -hmm. with me. Um, I was thinking what came to me when you were talking was, yeah, spirituality gave me my honesty. Say I, that again? Spirituality gave me my honesty. Oh, beautiful. Yeah. We can be kind, loving individuals, have a good life. And people say, oh, you're honest. I'm like, was I always honest with myself? Was I always leading with the raw honesty, not being a good person, but the honesty of doing the right thing? Um, mm, and that very that, different thing. <laughs> that, that's what really rocked my world. Where, um, and when you brought up practice, it didn't take year one or year two or year three or year four. It was mm. around five and six and seven and eight that. I was able from the from practicing realizing the responsibility of leaning into the truth which comes from your heart not your ego and I would see mm. that if I was hurt or attached or needing an outcome I'm like oh shit that's my ego but if I was mm. like how do I honor what's right in front of me the human in front of me and do the right thing that's coming from without an expectation that's coming from my heart and and that's the truth and and it forces a lot of very real conversations that you'd have to lean into versus i don't want to say avoid but like you know oh, i'll put it off to the later oh, i'll put it off to the sides like no we're leaning into it now <laughs> like i'm actually yeah uh, i mean you can say avoid <laughs> <laughs> you know? I, think, I think we i think we do i think yeah. we have the tendency to to do that to avoid or to numb if we're not going to mm -hmm if we're not going to lean in or sit still or be still with it. And that actually answers another part of your question because, yeah, people find that hard. It is hard. Yeah. It is hard. And also it's terrifying. Yeah. To, <laughs> it's actually terrifying to sit with yourself and get that real. It's hard. And we and, – and we're not uh, – I, I, another thing that we're not – you know, we haven't been taught at home and it's not necessarily, I mean, it's becoming more of a conversation, which is amazing, but I don't remember it being mainstream dialogue to talk about sitting with yourself and not running away. Like we're wired to run away when it's hard, you know, to survive out of survival. And that's okay. We, we also don't want to judge ourselves for that, right. but that's why it's hard because we need to rewire. <laughs> yeah. Well, and have grace, right? In the process, because mm -hmm. <laughs> you, when you start sitting with your shit, you start realizing all the decisions you previously made 
And then you kind of start replaying them sometimes and you go, oh my God, if I knew then what I know now. And yeah. we have to be very careful not to feel guilty, but to feel empowered and um, like, oh, okay, now I know better, which means I also can't plead ignorance anymore. Uh, and, uh, yeah. you know, how will we how will we deal with it uh, moving forward? And then I liked how you said it, it, it also, it helped you show up even more so in your business. Well, a really key thing that you said was, oh, well, how did it affect my relationships? How does it affect my work? How does it affect mm -hmm. the people who work for me? How does it affect, I, I went through the same thing. I'm like, how am I really handling my finances? Like, God, oh, I was mm. good. I was good, but I was like, mm, but am I? Like, like what, what's showing up yeah. and what can I do better? How am I really handling um, my business? How am I really handling friendships and relationships and you know all these things and that is where we start to see oh the, how the honesty comes out in each of those areas but it also is a like you said it's like a coming home because I, I I've never felt more in control of of me um not the external world but how I respond to it um because I because mm. I have a greater understanding of like oh here's what I would do in that situation and, and should a situation come up like well I, I kind of know I've sat with myself, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And, and it's a work in progress. Oh, like yeah. even today we're sitting here and there's stuff that I need to check in on with myself, with yeah. a bunch of things that are going on in my world. And, but what I have been able to do is cultivate the practice. So, yes. you know, I can check in and I can see that super quickly that I need to do that. And I can also, you know, have a period of time where I'm struggling and have compassion for myself um, because it's not like, it, it's just ever evolving. It's just a work in progress always. And I definitely want your audience to know that, that when we talk about this, we're kind of like, oh, cool, this is what we've figured out and this is what we've been working on, but we have to continue to show up to do the work. And sometimes that, we, as part of the human experience, will struggle to do that. So then what do we lean on? Compassion, self-love, forgiveness, acceptance, radical acceptance sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, yeah, and then, and then the cycle continues. So, you know, it's those moments of stillness that give you a chance to ask yourself, what's really going on here? Mm -hmm. And how do I want to show up in this moment? What do I need? What do I want to give? Um, and, you know, there's it's a balance between inward and inward work, but not being self-involved. Yes. You know, it's yes. inward work, and then it's actually making it about what is of the highest good and how can I be of service to the world? I need to do this inward work. So I can show up because then everyone benefits, you I, know? I, yeah, I do. I do. And, you know, because the topics of, you know, the last year and a half globally have been a very, uh, we're not going to get fully into that. So again, I want to keep the focus on you, mm -hmm. but, um, because there's so much stuff, we'll just call it stuff. And, um, you know, as people always ask, like, why don't you get in that conversation? And it's because it's all, solved at the individual level um to go into a um any one area 
uh, it's not what it's about. It's, it's a promoting of like, listen, the real solution, the problem, the solution is each individual. And as they have a better relationship with themselves inward, they will then lead outwardly in a much more love that neighbor way in everything that they do. Um, mm. And um, because they're serving at their highest good, because they're understanding and understanding, you know, themselves of, oh, I, I see you. I see why you're, you're hurting. And you might mm. even be attacking me, but you're hurting. I have, I, I, I know what it feels like to be hurt. So I can, um, I can empathize and I have the tools now that I have to behave, um, in a manner of that shows you that whatever you might be experiencing, um, there's a, there's a greater thing above that. that and, and, and it hopefully even eradicates maybe even a narrative or something that you have at, at that level and helps you elevate as well too. So mm -hmm. what we learn internally then becomes what we practice externally and that's how we serve at large. So I really, exactly. really said that and it's a lot of work. <laughs> it's so Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, it's so true like because mm. we can't give it to others until we can give it to ourselves. Yeah. That's it. You know. Yeah. 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 So it definitely starts. I always say it starts with us. And it always and and uh yeah with the problem and the solution isn't it great to know that we're also the solution and i think that sometimes people they i say this a lot everybody wants to fight a cause i'm like start at home yeah <laughs> you know? yeah i was like that's how you yeah. that's how you fight a cause you know um and uh so so you know so gensac's grown over the years um mm -hmm. and i feel so have you there's a probably a correlation between the personal growth of Shira and the mm -hmm. external growth of Gensac and probably the relationships and the strategic partnerships mm -hmm. and um, the customers. What's that all been like as you've continually progressively grown daily, hourly? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Um, so the beautiful thing is that in many ways, like the heart and soul of the business hasn't changed in terms of like the vision and how I wanted to support men in this space. Um, and yeah, the anchor of what the business is about has always remained the same. Um, but how I go about things has changed. And I guess, like I said earlier, it really always comes down to alignment. So and are we checking in? Are those decisions in alignment? Um, you know, even down to like the language that's used and the way you word your goals. Um, you know, like I had a, a mission statement and at one point it might have been like something like, you know, the best men's grooming in the world or whatever. And now it's like the uh, of the highest good, like a men's grooming company of the highest good. Um when I think about my mission and when I think about our value proposition, you know, um, there were like little things that were kind of always there, but they weren't necessarily nurtured. You know, like I always really cared about supporting local brands and it was a natural thing for me to do. But now I really highlight that. I talk about it. I make it a conversation piece in the store and through our content. And um, I guess the biggest correlation you can find between my growth and my business is 
that level of self-awareness allows me to be far more intentional and focused and heart-centered in everything that I do. And it means that I can show up that way with my team, with the content that I create and with our focus in our business. Um, and so that permeates through into conversations that I had with, you know, our community, our customers on an individual level with people that I work with um, and therefore also with what shows up for us, <laughs> the opportunities that show up and what's mirrored back um, and even just how I go about challenges and how I face that. Um, yeah. So because part of my separation was also my, my partner was supporting very much in the business and so there was a, his exit coming out of, you know, not be, and that created actually more alignment in the business. And then, you know, getting back on my feet and doing it kind of solo in every way and then unlearning some of the things that I was doing by default as a result of that partnership and kind of going really stepping into this is how I really want to do things and taking that courageous step um, and and I guess another topic that you and I have spoken about is, you know, showing up fully as myself. So for a really long time, like I wouldn't even tell people I was a singer-songwriter because I felt like I had to be what they expected mm. someone, a woman who runs a men's grooming company should be, you know, like hard-ass, <laughs> tough not um you know not connecting on a deeper level and so I kind of almost had like a little bit of a front and a bit of a wall up a very like business perception sort of vibe happening um unknowingly you know I guess maybe out of protection as well and part of my journey has been like bringing down that wall in business and it's where I've always actually networked fairly well, um, like just quite naturally, that's like completely shifted for the better because I'm actually just showing up as myself, you know, as much as I possibly can be. I'm not afraid to talk about other aspects of myself. I've now, you know, spent a little bit more time on my own personal platform life of Shira. Customers end up finding me there. I'm not hiding or protecting. I'm like, this is who I am. I'm a singer-songwriter when I'm not at work. Um, and uh, it creates um, more magic, to be honest, to really show up as yourself. Like, so, And then I'm, I'm leading by example that way for my team. And I've noticed that they're feeling like they can be more themselves. Um, you know, even down to little things. Like I was afraid to say when I needed a day off. I was afraid to say, like, I felt like I had to just be like this energy bunny that was always on and couldn't show, you know, I guess, quote unquote, weakness of being like tired or needing some time off. Um, but actually now I lead so differently, you know, like if a team member needs rest, I'm like rest come back when you're 100%. I need you to go rest so you can, and we'll figure it out. You know, there's a lot more compassion there. And so once again, it means I'm able to show it for myself because it's showing up in the way I 
show up for others. May I make an observation you're probably already aware of? <laughs> Go for it. Um, the other version of you, uh, where you were talking about, you know, oh, I have to show up as this woman, hard ass, you know, with yeah. running a men's grooming company. My opinion of why you um, grew even more successfully is because that shed away. Um, obviously, yeah. you were saying that um, because. Still shedding, by the way. Always, Just FYI. Right? <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate that humility a lot. A lot. Uh, I really respect it. Um, Thank you. Because, and for any women out there, I realize I am not qualified because I am not a woman, but as a understanding of divine feminine masculine, which is in all of people, um, compassion and understanding and leading with your heart, which a lot of times is from the divine feminine, um, rallies everybody to feel more like their whole authentic selves. Like they can breathe, they can like be, they can expand and they don't have to, mm -hmm. you know, the hard ass way was in my opinion, never the right way to begin with. It was just a way that was taught for a while in a business setting, which I believe is being broken down literally as we speak globally and, uh, and an old business paradigm way of doing things, which is I will hide any emotion. I will hide all these things, which ironically, the more in tune we are and the more conscious we are, I actually think the more profitable and healthier and more productive we are uh, as a team. Um, and so your, uh, you know, the breaking down of those old paradigms and really moving in more of what I feel like women have known all along and to be able to be in touch with that side is actually what helps really lead um, a business. Uh, and when, you know, I realized leading from more of a, from a heart centered place um, and really understanding what the needs are of either the people we serve uh, at that level or which I was always fairly easy to do, but more so the people that you rely on your, your, your employees or your contractors. Um, they feel seen and heard like, Oh wow. And I'm like, well, you know, we have to honor each other in the process. And if this isn't for you, that's okay too. You know? Mm. So I, no wonder you're even more successful uh, than you were, you know, as you, or you grow continuously because uh, I feel like women knew all along from being able to be in touch with that side. And uh, so thank you for, you know, starting to ditch the, the hard ass <laughs> you know, version <laughs> and going more yeah. for like the, you know, Hey, like, let me actually lead from the heart. Um, and that's always going to win. It's always going to win more my opinion. So. Yeah. And I also want to say there is a caveat. Like, I think it's okay to be a hard ass when you need to be, when you want to be and when it's genuine, like there's a time to be tough. Sometimes we've got to make some tough decisions, make some tough calls. Sometimes we need to give some tough love. Yes. But as long as that's coming from the right place and it's, and it's well-placed, um, it's not who we have to be all the time. It's about accessing the full spectrum of, you know, of what you need and what you want to give. And, and so most importantly, it's like, yeah, sitting in that true essence of who you are, because a woman, you know, who's in her feminine essence knows when to access the masculine too. And there's a Absolutely. time for that as well. Right. Um, but yeah, it's, it was more about like in the shedding aspect, it was more about um, noticing 
people's projections Mm -hmm. of their idea of who I was supposed to be. And as a pleaser, (laughs) basically reflecting back their projection rather than being able to stand in my, in the truth of who I am and how I want to do things. And that's a very different way of operating. And I love that you brought up that point because I do think it's a balance of moving back and forth. Can I be be in protector warrior mode? Absolutely. Mm. The heart is actually very honest. So um, what I have found from that is that um, when we lead from the heart, not the ego, when we lead from the heart, I'm going to probably also tell you things you don't want to hear because the heart is loving and it's saying, I have to talk about this because that's doing the right thing even if we don't want to talk about this, but I'm going to be honest because that's doing the right thing. And so I had to learn the difference between am am I leading with this or am I leading with what I think I'm leading with, but it's actually really my ego down here. And, and, And I think that's why a lot of people used to struggle with like, oh, you know, my heart got broken. I'm like, your ego got broken. Your heart didn't get broken. Your ego got broken. That's why you're afraid to be nice to people. I'm like, no, it's because your ego, you didn't have boundaries. You didn't have honesty. You were just too giving. And that was also coming from your ego. And Mm -hmm. uh, so the the heart, that's a beautiful point. Right. So I think that your ability to keep it very honest is actually true love It's unconditional love. Right. And, um, and that's, uh, ironically, also, what could also be perceived as a hard ass in some ways of, of like, oh, no, it's just because you're stern and direct. <laughs> Ironically, right? but if, if that's perceived as a hard ass in those times, I'm okay with that. Me too. I'm down with that. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. Good. Yeah. Be fearful of my truth. <laughs> be fearful of my heart and my truth. <laughs> <laughs> that is being a hard ass in the best possible way, right? right? Um, yeah, because there's nothing better than that level of communication and truth and it's integrity. It's about integrity. That's the anchor, right? Yes. And we have to just keep reminding ourselves of that. And that's why we need to be still because if, we, if we're if we not still, we'll forget. We're just human. We will forget. We will get caught up. And um, and I'm all about being intentional and, and of the highest good and doing things with integrity we're not saints and we're not perfect humans. So we need practices that are going to help us remember that. Boom. So well said. And, and now what do you have that's amazingly happening with GenSAC currently and, 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 or coming up? So, you know, GenSAC, um, we've been on such an amazing journey. Like we're such a little baby startup in many ways and we were starting to feel really fully established right before COVID happened. And I've gone through probably two of the most challenging years back to back coming out of my 10 year relationship. And then, you know, a year of healing and then a year of pandemic. (laughs) Um, But there's always silver linings. So for me, it's been about stepping back and going, well, what can we learn from all of this and what's going to make us stronger in the end? So refining our processes as a business, refining our value proposition, making sure that we are of the highest good and serving our customers. And what we need to do to really level up is everything that we do in store digitally. So my focus fully is the digital world and upskilling myself um, and my team and learning and scaling that 
Um, so that's really what's next. That's the biggest focus for the Gensac um, business. And I'm excited and terrified all at the same time, <laughs> which is also something that I think, you know, more people who are running businesses need to talk about because we don't have all the answers, but the learning is is the um, the joyful and the scary thing to do. And um, that's what's next for us. And also just leaning into creating more content around the magical things that we do, education, creating community, um, and helping guys to feel good and do good, you know? Well said. Everybody listening, so since we're going more digital, immediately go to at Gensack <laughs> right now. Like, just, just push pause. Gensack. <laughs> go right to Gensack. By the uh, way, no pun intended, gent for gentlemen, sack because we put grooming products into sacks. Yes. So it's gentsacksac.com.au, <laughs> just to be clear. <laughs> Thank you for um, for elaborating on that. I, I, I do yeah. think that the audience probably needed to know the history of the <laughs> of the name because that, uh, yeah. <laughs> we have like a double entendre going yeah, on. Yeah, it's a thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, Amazing. And, and where can everybody find you and, and Gensack and everything online and all the websites, everything? Yeah. So Gentsack is our handle on mm -hmm. Instagram, G-E-N-T-S-A-C. Um, and they can find me life.of.shira, S-H-I-R-A. So my personal profile, I'm still kind of figuring that out. I'm doing a little bit of a, I guess, rebrand um in the sense that it was kind of like a there wasn't a lot of thought that went into it before it was a bit of a personal page but now i really want it to be a platform that can inspire and can share my personal journey and also really highlight my my music so i try to my pillars my personal pillars are health business and music um so everything that i curate at Life of Shira is about those three things. So people will see a little bit of my journey, you know, at work. And also I share my my songs that I write and music and that kind of stuff. I want everybody listening to not let her get away with uh, waiting to be ready with the brand. Just go follow her right now <laughs> and start commenting and DMing her and be like, you know what? You know what? Like, I really like this. I really like that. Give her, give her uh, beautiful, honest, loving feedback uh, because her, her content is, is great. So immediately follow her life.of.shira. Um, so don't wait till she's Thank ready. You. Just just go follow her. <laughs> there. I'm ready. Now I'm you have ready. no choice. Come, come at me. Now you have no choice. <laughs> Done. Uh, yeah. Um, incredible. And then at Gensack. And then uh, gensack.co.com.au. Right? Okay. Mm -hmm. Gensack. G E N T S A C dot com dot A U. Um, amazing products on there. I've, I've been going through them. Uh, so I'm going to have to have a, uh, we'll have to, we'll have to talk about which products and whatnot and, and go from there actually, <laughs> because I was like, yeah, cool. Checking off a little, bit. Con a yeah. little online consult with right? you. So, uh, thank you yeah. so much here. I, 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 I wouldn't normally cut it off, but I know time wise you, you've got to be somewhere. So, um, you know, you yes, can, I'm yes. going to meditate, you know, so they're already living what you preach. Uh, but I noticed that instantly, um, when, um, I came across your profile or you commented on mine and I saw yours and I was like, wow, like, um, it's, it's great when people just, um, they have humility and they're practicing what they preach and still learning constant. We're all learning constantly. It's never going to end. <laughs> the end Absolutely. post is the next lifetime going to the next life and so forth and so on. So 
I really appreciate you. Um, hang back for one second yeah. for everybody listening. Go uh, <laughs> to at life dot of dot Shira on Insta or uh, at gent sack on Insta and you'll find everything else you need. Uh, if you do reach out uh, and you're curious about the products, um, just, you know, she's a busy person. So just, you know, I always tell the audience, please be be patient, <laughs> you know, if you will, and appropriate. Um, and, uh, you know, uh, yeah, be appropriate, be appropriate, <laughs> be appropriate. Um, and for everybody listening, just uh, again, as always, guys, I really, truly appreciate you guys uh, tuning in all the ratings and the reviews. It means a lot. It really means a lot. And um, I know my guests really appreciate you guys reaching out to them. Um, and we're just one big global community. So uh, please continue to keep the love coming in. Thank you as always, guys, for my amazing guest, Shira Linker, and for myself, Matt Gottesman, and for Household Separately, we are out. Oh, 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 oh,